Join us as we discuss the story of Alina and Mal, two orphans living in a fantasy world reminiscent to the 19th century, but with witchcraft. On today's episode, a discussion on A Searing Burst of Light, the first episode of Shadow and Bone, the Netflix series that has taken the world by storm. Or, it's just the top-rated one right now. So I liked it. Yeah, me too. You it, liked remi- it? it reminded me a lot of Cries of Europa and also... I haven't like, seen that one. <laughs> yeah, well, also Chronicles of Narnia. It reminded me of His Dark Materials, Game of Thrones, a little bit of Irregulars. Uh, it's the fighting pits. Irregulars, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Lock and Key because of the name. Lock and Key, Shadow and Bone, mm-hmm. Netflix, Netflix. The one criticism I'll give about the opening is that I feel like people won't get a real understanding of what the show's about until about halfway through. Yeah, right. they introduce the magic pretty early. Yeah, they introduce who the main characters are. But it seems like it's going to be focused more towards, like, racism, towards the main character. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's a little slow going at first. Right, that's the part that reminded me of Tribes of Europa, where it was, like, the first half, it was just really slow. But then the second half, you get a lot more, not only action, but, like, you we get, get more, more backflashes. More backflashes at the beginning. Yeah. Of Alina and Mal. Right. And those are our two main characters until we meet Kaz later on. But Alina's like the outsider. She's the one who knows Mal as her best friend, but really is kind of... Her parents died by the fold. So let's talk about the fold, too. Uh, Reminded me of the smoke monster from Lost. Hey, that's a comparison I didn't even think of. Um, The ones I was thinking of was like the dust from from his dark materials, because it transports you to a different world. Legend of Seeker had like a giant wall, I think, that was in the middle of it. Um, Annihilation definitely mm-hmm. because of the, the huge thing that people were afraid to go into and then when they did most of them didn't come back right uh you got sort of like and once you go into the fold which we end up doing which i was really happy about because i felt maybe the show could have prolonged that into like a series finale yeah even, that would have yeah. been like ooh, finally really someone's going in there out, yeah yeah but they're they're in there by second half mm-hmm. and um it's kind of like the mist in there yeah. mixed with a Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Yeah, no, and it, like it from Disneyland, you know, where you're like on the ship and you're waiting for things to jump out yeah, at you. Yeah, very much so, and it felt very cinematic. And I thought the VF, VFX team did a really good job with the monsters. That I mean, you don't have out. to, you don't have to give Netflix a round of applause for using their budget. <laughs> they shot this in Budapest and Hungary, but they also had a movie studio, Orego Studios, help them. So yeah, they, they had have, everything at their disposal. They have dragons. They have Volcra. I think that's what they call the dragons. Everything has a weird name, and that was that was a little getting used to because I know it's based on source material. So right. do you know anything about the books? Uh, well, originally Shadow and Bone was part of the Grisha trilogy, um, and it's followed by Siege and Storm and Ruin and Rising. Yeah, Grisha is one of those terms. It just means magicians or whatever people who use magic. Right. You have the, the Heart Render Grisha. You have places like Ketterdam. A lot of things you have to learn on the fly. Yeah. But then if you. I, I'm sure, like... I think it's one of those things where once you get the initial setup of everything... Yeah, that's why it's Game of Thrones is. Right. Exactly. And some reviews were even saying this could be one of those things that's trying to replace Game of Thrones, trying to fill it in a little bit. They've been trying to do that forever. Even The Last Kingdom was trying to do that. It feels like Netflix is just sort of throwing out very similar shows sometimes, but this one actually has roots in it. It seemed like the story has somewhere it's going because it's based on source material. The only thing that I was a little iffy on was the fact that it seemed like some of the characters were pretty young such as like Jesper and and Zoya and kind of them and they were trying to make them more adult I feel like than they actually ended up being. I, I agree the main guy who owns that club the Kaz mm-hmm. he is he, he definitely has a higher voice seems like someone played in their early 20s right, almost and like he has he had, a huge cane. 
like, yeah, I mean, they tried to make him not that old. (laughs) (laughs) They tried to make him nifty in in certain respects. But we're sort of hopping around a little bit. Let's talk about Alina's storyline to start with. She is on one side of the fold, um, and she is working with the rest of that army. And she finds out that Mal is being sent to cross the fold, and she's pretty worried about him. Right, I think they're initially in the east, and then they're trying to get to West Ravka, but they have to go through the fold in order to get there. Yeah, and it's not exactly clear if one side is against the other one. I was trying to figure that out. Yeah, like, who are they at war with specifically? Because it's, like, the magicians and the, or the witch, witches, whatever they want to call themselves, the Grisha, and the army are working together and on the other side, you have sort of that Tortuga place called Ketterdam, where Kaz and Inesh and, and Dreesen all are, and Pekka, Brawlins. Yeah. Really interesting character names. But I'm not exactly sure who they're fighting against, because they did explain where the gulf or where the fold came from. They said it came from the Black Heretic, who was a Grisha, who controlled the shadows at one time, and that General Kirigan who is played by, who is Ben Solo, basically, to me. Because every time they introduced him, he was just walking really darkly, and he has the dark black right, hair. Yeah. Um, and he's played by Ben Barnes. Yeah, he even, this year, Ben Barnes even said, like, I was done, almost like Topher Grace with Home Economics, where he was like, I was done playing these malicious, villainous characters, but then I read the script of this, and I was like, oh, I can definitely do this. And I wasn't sure if books. he's going to be a straight-up villain, because they're trying to make him seem ominous and dark, but I felt like he could probably have a few dimensions to him. Uh, yeah, I think he's That's just... That's how the last villain I saw him play was in punisher and he was just kind of like yeah crazy and, and then westworld also but he was a no movie. he wasn't really a villain in westworld he was more like a tragic figure i guess he, he always plays these like kind of manipulative characters i think yeah but this one seems like powerful yeah that's why i was saying like ben solo mm-hmm. one of the interesting elements i find about the magic in the show is that it's kind of like avatar where you have people who are controlling sand or you have like inferni which control fire and then you have some that do wind and it seemed like all of them, except for maybe the main two, were really Who are the main either two? Alina and Mal. Well, they like, they don't have right, but I'm man. saying that but it was happening around them. I'm saying every single person who was a Grisha seemed almost to be really cocky or played for comic relief. Well, they were part of like a higher standard of the army. Like they yeah, got like better food. Tier. Yeah, and then um, when Alina was not being served by one of the cooks because she was part, I forget what they called her, but it was another racist thing, and Mal went to go find her food, he, he started stealing their grapes. Grapes aren't going to tide you over very long. Yeah, but I mean, at least... No, I think... grapes are literally just water. But like... they, he was just trying <laughs> to get anything by that point. And he I was... wasn't that desperate. He seemed like he was just like, I'm going to get these grapes. Did like, you... it, it didn't seem like that was going to be enough to really help her. Well, I, that's, because I, I want to bring up their flashbacks. Did you feel like those were really needed? It didn't yeah, seem like Yeah, I mean, they, they were really sh- short. Like, if Yeah, they're... but when they brought them back and later on into the episode, I felt like I already kind of understood their backstory. I, I think know, they're part yeah. of the books. And with the pilot, as long as it's based on actual material that might come back later on, I'm completely fine that's with it. And, it. and this is the lowest rated episode, but it still has a high score on IMDb. Okay, this we mean... shouldn't talk about anything else in this episode. From what it ended with, the real crux of the cliffhanger was that we find out that our main character alina who we sort of hint at as having a destiny in the show and for a character with a destiny she seems pretty happy throughout the whole episode usually you're you're stuck with someone who's dreary but she was seriously smiling a lot more and i was actually it was refreshing it was only even when she got on the boat she was like still cracking jokes at mal who was kind of upset that she made it on yeah and the jokes aren't played too poorly either like there's no real cringe humor it's more they're really short like for example when 
when Mal is like, I promise I'll be back. And then that one person comes up behind Alina and is like, and we're here too. And she doesn't respond. Yeah. And they don't try to save those characters either. Like people who make jokes will die yeah. later on. And a lot of people end up, end yeah, up that, dying. Yeah, that ship episode. scene, it was just like, like I thought they introduced the Inferni lady mm-hmm. to be kind of a main side right, character for a while. Right, I thought she was going to be in the show. Instant death. Yeah. Same with, um, well, Alexi sort of dies pretty or, or by the end of the episode. Right. When I saw the, when I saw Mal and Alina die, I was for sure, or when they were on the boat and they were lying down, I was like, oh, they're dead. Like they did one of those shield type I deaths. Thought, I thought for a second when she saw Mal getting hurt like that, that she was going to have one of those superhuman ability things where she could blast back time. And that all the people we just oh, seen so when die. She was, when she because was I, I, we saw so many of the characters we'd just been introduced to just get killed off so quickly. I was like, maybe the show's doing that thing where it's going to have her save everyone at once. Yeah. And it does, but not not the people who have already died. The, so Mal still survives. She still survives. And we find out that she is what they call a, what, sun something or other? A sun summoner by the end there and so that just means that she has a wicked strong ability i think and she's going to be the main altar to the uh grisha right. that Gen- general kirigan is it makes sense why she becomes the main character because she has the strongest ability i think she's also light where there's it's light versus dark yeah so. like she literally glows when she's about to use her power uh, was that brought on by mal being hurt like do you think she was just so upset or do you think it was just one of those things that it was everything happened? at once like yeah her it was all that emotion and that build up that you always see in the villain or sorry not the villain but the um the person who's never discovered their power until something serious happens and it then they find out. It always happens at the beginning of the story. Yeah. At the beginning of the story? You mean in the first episode? Yeah. I The thing is, is about this is that I found it very cinematic. It made me like almost kind of reminisce to when I'd be back in the theater because I thought that the songs and everything that they were able to use in the big landscapes, because again, they shot this in Hungary and Budapest with, with huge filming locations. I thought that During it was... COVID? Uh, for reshoots during COVID, but beforehand they actually had everything set up. Um, so it was in post production by February. Hopefully, those kids aren't young enough where they'll like age rather quickly. Yeah, I mean these aren't these aren't really the Stranger Things kids because usually when they do that, they also have to make changes to their characters. Yeah, I couldn't gauge exactly how old she was like in real life. It's, I, it's hard yeah. to tell. But they they also did something cinematic as far as the time distortion because we're led to believe that both storylines that are going on, the one that's happening in Ketterdam with the clubs. And Kaz trying to get this contract to go across the fold for a million Krugers or whatever mm-hmm. is happening at the same time as uh, Alina and Mal are coming in from the other end of the mm-hmm. fold trying to get to Ketterdam. Um, and, and we find out later on that this is actually like two weeks afterwards because Alexi has been kidnapped after surviving the fold and he's the one who rats out that uh her name alina Alina starkov is the one who's the sun summoner and then he instantly gets killed off by a villain of his own right Dreesen, um who kaz is kaz is sort of like he's not a villain but he's not a great good guy yet yeah i think he'll end up being i think he's like zuko almost if we want to make avatar uh comparisons again where it's like yeah he's probably going to be evil but i think he's going to have a redemption arc where he ends up joining the good side at some point yeah if you want to talk about characters who are kind of on the edge of being good or bad i know alina's supposed to be the main like hero of the story but her plan to get aboard the ship to go with mal into the fold is kind of flawed like she decides to burn some maps and just expects that they didn't have any duplicates (laughs) of these very important maps and ends up getting not only her but her entire squadron 
placed onto the ship so that she can redraw the, the maps on the other. It it's just easy. a very convoluted plan, and I, I guess if it happens in the books, maybe it does it with more finesse or more reason behind it, but it felt very haphazard and put together. Like, she had to hope that no one saw her burn the maps either, and I don't know what like the repercussions say, would be if they had seen her get... She probably would have been kicked out by... I kicked out of the army? No. like It, it it's felt not very like, simplistic. Simplistic, like when the guy decides to light a torch, even though he's been told strictly don't light any torches on the plate. Like his superior literally had one rule going in there, and that was we only go by this one light, and no one lights anything else, or else we all die. And as soon as that light goes out, that one guy on the ship, he just started. Yeah, but I don't understand like how no one first of all yelled at. It. Like it took the leader to yell, "Hey, turn off that light," and then instantly everything goes on fire. Is that felt very as, uh, as much as that <laughs> it, it felt dumb, but also it brings me back almost to the Saving Private Ryan scene where a soldier takes off his helmet and it's like you should obviously not take off your helmet in war, and then he dies. It's one of those things where. But it's he like, didn't even yeah. look that scared when he was doing it. He was just like, "I gotta light this lamp." I was like, "No one told you to light that lamp, dude. No one told you to like. <laughs> no one told you to get everybody in trouble." Yeah, um, no, I, I agree, and it also, but again, that led to some really cool creature effects. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with how it. Got did the plot i'm fine with how quickly the plot moved along but now from here we have kaz who wants this contract from Dreesen for the million kruger to go across the fold and catch uh alina but what is his plans with a sun summoner like what's he gonna do use her for his own will like an right and, and they said and Dreesen says to him that he has till sunrise right that's a couple hours Oh, well, I'm, I don't really care about it. Like, he I, was I, just saying that Pekka would get the thing. Pekka obviously knows how to get things done. Like, we see him literally take over an entire other club just to get the um, the healer or whatever, the heart the heart render lady. Right. Do you think that that might be the reason? Like, he will end up getting what Dreesen promises, and then it will be up to Kaz to kind of stop him, and that's what's going to make him end up joining Alina and Mal and the other army people? Well, this is what doesn't make sense. Alina has just crossed the fold so she's on the side with the ketterdam unit right yeah like i know they're not right next to each other but they don't have to cross the fold to get to her right yeah so why is he paying everybody so much money to go across the fold maybe i'm just not understanding the logistics here but it feels like if they're trying to they're doing two separate things and also the it kind of feels like the um what was it beyond the wall in game of thrones like no one ever wanted to cross that yeah this is kind of the same deal there's always that thing in a fantasy realm that no one wants to go towards because (laughs) it's very dangerous but if it's just those dragon volcras in there then i feel like they would have already taken it down there has to be something else that has to be fought almost like a big looming creature kind of like that how to train your dragon where there was one huge dragon underneath and all the other dragons were bringing in food like i'm thinking that that's what it is there's one big monster or something like a big volcra yeah like the biggest one that that comes out the at boss, the worst the time. boss volcra yeah played by ben barn <laughs> i honestly had a split mind as far as what track um alina's character is going to take it's either going to become like the avatar uh airbender where he learns where she learns every single form of magic yeah she's like like that's what the sun summoner means is she can play every different role like she can uh field anything or she becomes daenerys and she just like is driven (laughs) mad by the end and everybody is following her and then she just like completely turns and they have to yeah that's not gonna happen (laughs) yeah she's probably not the villain (laughs) well i think that your first point though is is a good one but they're going to need then a villain who seriously like brings a load of antagonists to them which would what's mal's like deal like i know he's strong 
but is he just going to be the the, the muscle to her, or is he going to turn into have his also, own ability? Well, his injuries could also play a big part in it because I don't think that that one thing that he got attacked by, I don't think he's just well, going to be able to get up from that. And I think the healers have superhuman abilities, so they just like heal them all up, like everything. Yeah, the girl who was flirting with him in that other scene, Zoya, mm-hmm. um, who's also Grisha, but she didn't die when they were crossing over the fold. She immediately calls for a healer for both. Um, Elena, Elena and because yeah, because yeah, they're laying next to each other. I didn't get Mal's full name, but they said it like eight times in the show. This also reminded me a little bit of like Warrior because that one starts off with a fighting pit as well. As I said when we did the um, the Irregulars podcast, they do fighting pits too much from the 19th century. Like it makes it seem like well, on every other street corner there was a fighting. You pit. want a similarity between this and uh, Irregulars? The next book was called Six of Crows, so they both deal with crows. And I thought that we were going to be seeing a lot more like animals in this show almost like we did with the regulars but they were going to be like almost someone's counterpart where it's like you got they were your person that you fought, fought with remember his dark materials has a lot of animals as well mm-hmm. so and a lot of super human creature or supernatural creatures but this is i think we only saw the dragons right yeah for the okay. most part i did like the too. scene where we did learn about ketterdam and we saw the guy get in trouble for the um, for using false coin. Mm-hmm. That was the jest. Yeah, Jesper. And Jesper scene. But then also he used those coins later on to pay yeah, off. Yeah, and the person's like, "There's a hole in this one." And then yeah, uh, why wouldn't he have taken like, that one out? <laughs> but it was funny humor again. Yeah. So the show, I think, it's complicated, intriguing. Um, as long as you're okay with sort of being under the curve for the very beginning of it, unless you've read the books. Uh, I, I would definitely give it a go. Yeah, I'm going probably see the next couple episodes. As an 89%, and people are saying that even if you haven't read the books as a newcomer, you're still going to enjoy it. Again, an 8.2 on IMDb. Well, yeah, imagine how limited an audience they would get if they were only appealing to people who'd read the books. I, yeah, I've yet to see a show ever do that or a movie. Yeah, so I don't know why you made that point. <laughs> but an 8.2 is pretty good for IMDb. How many ratings were there? Yeah, there's around 9,000. Jesus. Netflix. The last show we did got 35 ratings, and it was on Peacock. <laughs> Poor Peacock. <laughs> I was glad to see that they released all the episodes, because with The Circle, they only released four episodes, and I was That's a little annoyed it's with that. Netflix has always just released them all in bulk. I don't think they've ever done a series where they where that's not reality. Well, I, guess, I just hope that they don't go that route. Amazon does it. Apple does it. HBO does it. Peacock Netflix does. Yeah, yeah. Netflix is like the only one. But yeah, no, I, I also give it a glowing review. <laughs> a glowing review? Yeah. So you would give it like a 9 out of 10? And I think that that's because I know how much work they put into it. There was like six minutes of credits in this thing. Did you recognize that? No, I don't watch the credits. Well, no, I guess... <laughs> I don't sit there watching the credits. As well, no, I, I like scrubbed <laughs> just to see how long it got to. It was 42 minutes. And then there was just six minutes of extra credits by showing like everyone that worked on it. Yeah. Is there anything about the plot that we should still discuss? Because we've talked about most of the main characters. I know Anisha, or sorry, Anish, is that her name? She seems like a good person like she's a witch as well or something yeah no she's like she has a hidden attributes that she's able to that he said were special that's not that's not a thing about the characters like i feel like they all are defined well and i don't again because they're based on books i don't think that there's anyone that i really find annoying and you always run that risk when you introduce a villain but i think jesper's probably my favorite who's yours it's, it's too early to pick one i know that alexi was supposed to die but they made it so obvious at the end that it was almost annoying watching Dreesen <laughs> continually be like, yeah, I'll set you free, bro. Just tell me the name. And then checking the charts and then just shooting him in the face. But how did... Uh, why When Alexi saw um, the Sun Summoner like explode and kill off all... Why didn't he go back to the ship? 
I think, I think it, you just want to get out no, there by that point. But remember, they said that they, there were 37 of those, like, mile markers? Yeah. And they were at two. And the ship came out after him. So, and he already looked exhausted <laughs> at the two mark. He, once yeah. he saw them kill off all those dragons, why didn't he head back to the ship and jump aboard? Instead, he decided to run across for the next 35, and he was completely fine. He made it. Well, yeah, I, mean, he I, made I would it. say it was completely fine. Like, but uh, That kid would not have made that run. I, I, It was cool for dramatic effect. And then we also saw General Zlatan, who got like one word in, who was like, how did you survive that? And I thought he looked like the guy from Mindhunter. Yeah, no, another thing that the, the okay, front reminds me of is uh, WandaVision, the way in which the world ended just up. Just anything like, with e- a barrier, yeah. it now reminds me of Under the Dome, too. Yeah. <laughs> just anything with a barrier is what it is. It's just a wall that they called the fold. Mm. But I did like your smoke monster one, because the smoke monster one, is some people survived it, some people didn't. That's basically where we're Yeah, going. and we're probably going to get more story about it And it also it means on. that they should bring Echo from Lost into the no, show. No, I don't think. I think that would be a great addition. It also reminded me of Black Sails a little bit, because of the time period that it takes. So many shows take place in the like pirate era, yeah. 1800s. This did seem like their clothes was approaching the 20th yeah, it century. Yeah, so and they had guns and such Mm -hmm. they just didn't have that steampunk futuristic um technology it was all magic yeah i will say seeing the guns was a little surprising just because i was like oh we're there now like when reza like it felt like civil war times almost yeah when he when he pulls out the gun at the very end and shoots the person but also you have when the monsters were attacking them and they had those big like i guess what i'm trying to get to is that the world feels real when you make a fantasy world it's very hard to actually make it come across think expanse does a good job especially if it's sort of based on real world Mm -hmm. ethics i think irregulars with a lot of its modern dialect and future songs that it was using the techno beats failed a little bit in in that area but with this one it they weren't snarkily looking at the camera and saying let's dab except for jesper <laughs> he looks directly at the camera within the first 10 minutes and i was like is he actually I mean, the narrator they're not making memes it's true stuff. it's all true. right yeah yeah, I think we've we've fairly covered kind of just all over the place with it. Do you think Mal and Zoya are going to get together at some point? She's a flirt. Yeah, no, I think that they are. I think that's going to be. That was kind of obvious. But how about Mal and uh, the main character? No, 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 no. You they think said they're that destined they were, to be friends forever? They said they were best friends, and that's what I hope they at least But you can tell that as. she probably liked him a little bit. Yeah, but I think that he probably is more into Zoya. He, seemed, he kind of made it that way when they were I talking. I think that she's destined to be with him. All right. I shipped those two. Get it? Because they were on a ship. Yeah, and they yeah, almost yeah, okay, died okay, together. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this one. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.